0: Warning
1: this episode contains foul language and ideas about human evolution that you may not agree with. Podcasts for all things strange and unusual, primordial and prehistoric, biological and artificial, and sometimes we go back in time. Each week we sit down and chat about something weird, and this week is certainly no exception. It's part two of our series discussing evolution. This week there are no drugs, no crackpots, and no Joes, so you may be thinking, why even listen then? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you. This week we're going to be covering the ways in which we can still see evolution at work today, or at least close to today, and the evolutionary parts of our own bodies that are left over from the time we ate bananas and used our tails to balance on a branch. We're going to find out where white people came from and what eating meat has done to our bodies. So hop in the time machine and remember the rules. Stay on the path. Don't touch anything. And whatever you do, do not step on a butterfly. My name is Ashley, and this is my anthropomorphous co-host Lauren. <laughs>
0: Hi, weirdos.
1: That was a uh, sound of thunder reference for all my sci-fi and/or Ray Bradbury fans. <laughs> oh, out there. hello!
0: Out
1: there listening.
0: You really just nailed it again with the intro. I feel like Thanks. you've been on fire lately. Like I just, I need um. you to know, you're doing a great job.
1: Maybe I've always been on
0: fire, and you've just I'm just now appreciating it. Or yeah appreciating It's like when art. you like
1: start you get a crush on someone, and
0: you're like, "Have they <laughs> always been cute?": <laughs> Ashley's always been this cute, right? <laughs> no, you truly. You've always been Thank good, you. but maybe also it's because you're on two podcasts now, so you're just like getting all the practice now. That's
1: true. Yeah, actually, uh, if you guys haven't already, the Losers Club just did a really great episode last. Friday that I was on um, where you do not have to be a Stephen King fan to enjoy it because we just talked about a lot of stuff that's going on in the news horror movie related obviously mostly Stephen King movie adaptations um, and we talked about like the Choco Taco going away uh, <laughs> which I've never had a Choco Taco so it doesn't hurt oh, my feelings but I've heard. I've heard people are very upset about it.
0: For sure. But then I heard, like, Taco Bell's bringing the Mexican pizza back forever, so, you know, like, we can, we lose some stuff and then we gain some stuff. It's great. That's true. And
1: that's what history and life is all about. You lose some stuff, you gain some stuff.
0: (laughs) And it'll all be okay. And it
1: all balances out, or it doesn't. Uh, Or it's the worst. What are you going to do? It's Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, we have a lot to get to today, so we're just going to hop right in. Uh, right before we do, though, I just wanted to remind you guys that we do have a Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. Do-do-do. I know. Sorry.
0: I'm I just <laughs> turning my volume off. I don't know why that little alarm went off. Okay.
1: We have a Patreon. It's how we make money off of the show. We are trying to get more ads to make money off of the show. We just want to keep the show going. So if you want to yes, keep please. the show going, too uh head to our patreon and and see if you can donate even if you're just donating a dollar a month um it in the end helps us out that's twelve dollars a year that's not bad that ain't bad
0: help that ain't us bad. <laughs> we want to keep this show going so thank you so evolution where did white evolution? people come from <laughs> where? where where did they
1: i'm positive that a lot of people believe white people have been around just as long as people of color because that's just kind of the world we live in. But how long white people have existed might surprise you. It shocked me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have zero idea, I'll be honest. I'm just like, I mean, we've been hanging around for a minute, right? I have no
1: clue. Mm, Not that long, actually. Lord. In case you're unaware, scientists have long known that Africa is where human civilization began. It was about- 2 million years ago when our ancestors started to shed their body hair but we still had very dark skin and that's what protected us from skin cancer and UV radiation we were in Africa it was hot yeah. it was sunny it was we couldn't be white <laughs> so when humans began leaving Africa around 20 to 50,000 years ago a skin lightening mutation appeared randomly in a sole individual and then obviously began to spread when that person began to reproduce. Ah. And what's crazy is that in 2015, the American Association of Physical Anthropologists offered dramatic evidence of evolution in Europe, which is essentially the ancestral home of white people. We all right. sort of came from Europe.
0: I always make jokes when people are like, I'm Irish and I'm German and I'm Swedish. I'm like, so you're white. <laughs> you're yeah, just European. very white. Yes. <laughs>
1: This evidence that I, I referenced mm-hmm. shows it's only been about eight thousand years. No, yeah, what? that brought Europe white people where we're all from. Obviously, a couple white people existed, but like as like a huge population of people, it's only been about eight thousand years.
0: That is seems wild. wrong. It yeah, seems that seems wrong. incorrect. It seems <laughs> so incorrect. Wow. Okay. But yeah, it
1: looks about 8000 years ago white people uh came to Europe. And that's not when Europe was populated, because the Africans who originally settled in Europe about 40,000 years ago had dark skin. Even hunter-gatherers in Spain, Luxembourg, and Hungary had dark skin. They did not have the genes SLC24A5 or SLC45A2 that led to the depigmentation of European skin today. Ah,
0: yes, those genes. Ah, yes, I know of them course. Well. We
1: all know them. <sighs> These genes developed in our bodies to maximize vitamin D synthesis because when humans started migrating to areas that had less sun, they had less vitamin D and our bodies needed to be able to process and store vitamin D much more efficiently in order to not die. Mm -hmm. And uh, these people also developed the genes that allowed them to process milk, lactose tolerance, because as we know, well, and maybe you don't, (laughs) lactose intolerance is the norm like we're not supposed to be able to uh tolerate lactose but we've developed a gene that allows us to so we can get that vitamin d especially the whites we need our vitamin d we don't get it
0: it, baby it's so (laughs) it's so funny because i feel like i have more people in my life who are lactose intolerant than Mm -hmm. not you know like everybody is not doing well with the cheese and the milk so that yeah i just ate a
1: cheese stick so that should you did
0: (laughs) it's gonna be a rough night
1: This is all incredibly recent evolution, which is wild because it's one of the things anthropologists are looking at when trying to answer the question, are we done evolving? Because the answer seems to be a very loud, no, we are not. Uh, And this sort of stuff uh, also, you know, makes you feel a lot angrier about how horrible white people are when it comes to the superior race bullshit, considering we've only really existed as a whole ass population for less than 10,000
0: years. We're new here. Why do we think we run the place? That is infuriating. It makes me (laughs) hate us even more.
1: And that's disappointing. To to go a little further into that, not much further, but I, I was kind of interested because I was like, well, how, how do they know this? And there's no race gene. Like race is an extremely vague biological, social, and political concept. Skin color is only a part of what race is and is not. Yeah. It's much more of a social construct than a scientific one, especially when you break our bodies down to a molecular level. People of the same race can have as many differences in their DNA as people of separate races do. And it's also difficult for scientists to even determine where one race ends and another begins so skin color is literally just a tiny gene which is why it's why it's not as crazy when you see like two people of color having a white baby or vice versa because all right. it takes is one or two little bitty genes that could be lying dormant in your DNA from and generations ago right <laughs> yeah, to activate <laughs> in this little bean you grow in your belly and boom you've got a different skin color, different eye white color. skin
0: and like red yeah. hair. I've seen that come out too where it's like how? How did you you just have this little white baby with red hair and freckles but different that's...
1: hair texture different right. the ability to drink milk or not like it's yeah. wild
0: it's so wild man i just like i want to sit and talk about like genealogy and genes forever because it's so fascinating
1: but before i continue on with some really cool human evolution stuff lauren i want to hear about meat <laughs> about the and meat. It's not just because i'm hungry
0: We have the meats. We
1: got the (laughs) meat. This episode's sponsored by Arby's.
0: (laughs) Yeah, little did you know when you tuned into an evolution episode with Keep It Weird that you were actually just going to hear about cheese and milk (laughs) and (laughs) some meat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I, this was one of those circumstances where Ashley and I started our research. We were chit chatting about what we were going to cover. And I, as I started to research one topic, just took a total left turn and went to a different topic because of what I was discovering while I was researching. And I just love finding like kind of these under the radar or just weirder evolution theories that we haven't really heard of, but make a lot of sense. So I found yeah. one about some meat from around 6 million years ago to just 2 million years ago. You know, super recent. Did you say 6 million to 2 million or 6
1: billion? To 6 million, million to 2 million. Okay, cool.
0: Like that little... I was like, that that
1: is not even close to the same amount of time. What? (laughs) That is
0: so many years. No, from six million years ago up to two million years ago, as in like that passing of time, the ancestors of modern humans had pretty small brains from what we have learned For about 4 million years total, our brains were basically staying the same and were pretty unimpressive by our modern standards because, you know, we're rude and we're complex now, and so we're like, oh, they were doing nothing with those brains. And these distant ancestors mostly ate plants and they had really short legs and brains similar to a chimpanzee's. That's kind of how you could compare what was happening. But then these pre-human... People, I'm like, I want to call them people, creatures, but like that sounds wrong. But these prehumans, I'll just <laughs> say, started eating meat. The ancestors of modern humans as we know them today started eating meat around two, two and a half million years ago from what we have learned. And with the introduction of meat into our diets, our ancestors' brains started rapidly increasing in size and complexity. And this allowed early hominids to develop into the complex complicated humans with the brain power that we see today to do things like i don't know build a computer go to space smart people stuff like i don't know how we how we are the way that we are i feel like you said this on our last recording right before this episode or before this series where we were just like evolution is nuts because why do we exist and why are we so complex and it's so crazy when you look back at the science, it kind of started right around the same time that meat eating happened. A paleoanthropologist named Brianna Pobiner, Pobiner was digging up ancient animal bones in Kenya like 25 years ago, and she was searching for little cuts and dents and signs that these animal fossils had been butchered by our early ancestors trying to get at the fatty, calorie-rich bone marrow that was hidden within She was able to find that, indeed, these animals had been butchered, and the timeline that these fossils were um, around lines up perfectly with when Homo erectus came to be, which was... Wow. Which was basically when we started to see, you know, the more modern human. This is when it was like, oh, okay, we're... This is similar to what we looked like. Take that, vegetarians. Eat that, vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) Homo erectus had a larger brain, a smaller gut, and limbs that were more proportioned to how we are today. And fossils from around that same time, like those excavated by Brianna in Kenya, show that someone was butchering animals to separate the lean meat from the bone, and they were digging out the marrow. So for decades after this discovery, which I mean, she wasn't the first to discover this, but she went on a dig to see if she could find these results because people were starting to come up with theories. But for decades, paleontologists, based on what they were finding with these fossils, have theorized that the evolution of our human-like traits and features and meat eating are all connected. And there's a very strong connection And Brianna describes the moment she found the fossils as, like, reaching through a window in time because, you know, we've been, people have been doing these digs and trying to discover, you know, what was happening before us, the humans that we know today, and to see this, again, like, creature or human-like thing that is different from you but similar to you but is also eating meat like you do she said it was just this strange feeling of like i feel so connected to the past this just feels like a really special moment Mm -hmm. connecting with my ancestors and like i'm so excited to see that the theories are true so the explanation has been since these discoveries that meat eating allowed Um, a lot more nutrition to come into our body and that large brains are huge energy hogs. So even at rest, a human brain is consuming about 20% of our body's energy and a diet full of these calorie filled meats means an excess of energy that can be directed to our complex brains, our bigger growing brains. So if pre-humans hunted their food, that would explain a shift toward longer limbs Evolving, you know, into this different body that's more efficient for stalking prey over great distances um, and having more of that energy and then being able to problem solve, too, while you're hunting. It's like both the physical, but then also the brain growing and learning all because of consuming the meat. So the belief is that meat made us human. That's what people were holding on to. And it's like, yes, the calorie density is important, but it gets more complicated than that because... It's like, how how did they even figure out what to do? How did they learn to process the meat? It's like, if they happened upon an antelope and were, like, poking at it and said, I wonder if I can consume this, they had to have tools. Because we don't have the sharp mm-hmm. teeth that other carnivores have, like cats and wolves that can just tear into raw meat.
1: Yeah. Well, we used to be scavengers. We used right. to be the ones that, you know, a lion would take down an antelope, and then they would eat what they wanted, and then the hyenas would come, and humans would literally come last.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and we'd be yeah.
1: like, we'll take what's left if there's anything litty- left-, like left.
0: What's left on the bone, I'll pick at it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, you think of, like, happening upon that animal, but then it's like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't bite through this. My teeth don't have that kind of strength. Like, I don't know if my jaw can handle it. So, we had to put these evolving brains to work figuring out how to feed. And, you know, as time went on, we started out cutting raw meat into pieces with, you know, whatever was sharp that we could get our hands on to help our weak teeth and our jaws to manage. And, like, then after the cutting and slicing, we discovered years and years later that fire can heat the food and we can be even more comfy while we consume it cuz what a little crispy piece what a of meat delicious do, treat mate. i know now i'm Salivating a I'm little so bit hungry. for some steak. So sorry about <laughs> it. Um, and so it's just like, then that's how the cycle began. The more we used our brain power to process the meat, the more calorie value we got from the meat, and the more our brains could continue to grow. And there goes this cycle of our growing minds and becoming more and more human like. And as cool and interesting as this theory is, really the big question that I still have is how. How did humans first discover they could eat meat? Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to study. You would need so much more evidence and it may not even be possible. Some of these fossil digs, there's just so much that would have to go into it. It would take a long amount of time and you maybe even would still just have to kind of guess and make estimates through that. So I'm sort of pissed that I discovered this because it's going to keep me up at night and it's all... (laughs) All I wanna know is like how who was the first one and what was it? I was gonna say, yeah. All it took
1: was one person to go, Well, if all these other creatures can eat it, right. I can eat it. I can eat it. And then it was just a matter of eating it, feeling that energy that you get from eating meat and deciding, Oh yeah, this is something we should do and then from there it's figuring out, okay, how to catch them.
0: Right. They probably
1: caught smaller creatures first before they moved yeah. on to, like, Practice antelope on the and shit. <laughs> Yeah. And totally. then uh, it's a matter of just passing on that
0: information. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to think about it and that, you know, they had to discover this and figure it all out. And also, like, we still don't know how these pre-humans were acting at the time. Like, if they had any mm-hmm. sort of social ability like we do, it's like, were they fighting over her? The meat. Were they sharing the meat? Were they teaching the younger people what to do, or were they keeping it for themselves? And it was like everyone, everyone's alone. We, we all fight. Um, I, I just wonder what it was like.
1: Yeah. One of the other theories, because this is one of science's biggest mysteries: our rapid physical and mental evolution as a species. Because. Totally. We obviously have gaps in our fossil record, but from what we do have, the record suggests early proto-human brains nearly doubled in size during a very quick evolutionary period. Uh And obviously... Some scientists believe that the weird biological anomaly of human intelligence is just a byproduct of physical evolution. Our weak bodies simply had to grow smarter to evade predators and pass right. on DNA. But also, if we did start eating meat and our brains physically grew bigger, mm-hmm. then we it, eventually it would become more uh, – we would progress. Eventually it would become right. more complex.
0: I know. That's why I kind of like it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And all kinds of things we were learning at the same time. Because not only were you learning you can eat meat, but you also started to learn that you had to hunt. You also had to care for animals because then, you know, maybe you you were gathering a bunch of animals and having them around as opposed to hunting. You were just having them around for when you could eat. And then obviously growing food like there's all kinds of stuff that takes knowledge and takes a willingness to learn that stuff so yeah eating meat could have absolutely at least been the trigger to enhance the size of our
0: brains right and it's like it i like the theory because it's like even if other things were happening too and of course there are so many scientists and even paleontologists who are you know doing these digs as well who are like Okay, yes, I see that Homo erectus came around at the same time that we're finding these butchered animal fossils. I like this theory, but also we have so much more research to do, and that we just haven't done enough digs to compare different timelines at different points in history, and if this truly was when we first recognized homo erectus or if you know something else was going on and it happened way earlier or if there's just another factor that we have not found yet so it's like of course this is just a theory but i i do like to think that the meat its an interesting one was a part of it and it was like even further on the theory a little bit was um the talk of getting access to seafood like fish and shellfish which like also came in time and that has Um, some vitamin B3 and omega-3 fats that are, like, really important for growing babies' brains when a female is pregnant. Mm. So it also kind of aided in, like, okay, we discovered meat, and then we discovered, you know, the seafood that we could eat as well when we're on this journey, and we're suddenly giving our babies all this brain power. So it's like we are just passing it on, getting better and better as humans, from the meat to the fishies, all of it. And... I yeah, I think it definitely could have been a huge factor. And kind of like what you said, there's, I guess, the other theory that goes along with it with like, okay, maybe it wasn't just meat. What if it was? There's a theory called the grandmother hypothesis, which is mm-hmm. that climate change reduced you know, our ancestors' ability to get our the easy plants, the easy fruit. So the older females of the family became important because they had the knowledge on how to get nuts and dig up things from the earth. And they could share the food with the children. The children could stop breastfeeding, giving the mothers more time to have another baby, blah, blah, blah. So then we're having more kids we're reproducing and... These females are living long past menopause because they have discovered how to find the food. So it's like any of these things could have taken part. And maybe even the grannies were the ones who found the meat in the first place because they seem really smart and sophisticated, so... I don't know. <laughs> I think it all could be possible.
1: Yeah. Behavioralists <laughs> actually believe that the reason our brains and intelligence grew might have had to do with helping each other, which is very sweet.
0: Because I know. I love that.
1: many animals live in social groups and some species of birds and mammals help each other to feed and protect their babies, but... The helper animals themselves don't have any babies of their own. They give up their own reproduction to assist a dominant family member, usually Uh. their mother or older sister. But people, we are different. Anyone who wants to and is able to have a baby can do so. And not all human parents take care of their kids, unfortunately. But other people often take care of the children of others, even when they have children of their own. And humans take care of children for much longer than most other species, sometimes right. their entire lives. My yeah. parents are still taking care of me. I am 34. <laughs>
0: I know. I feel the same.
1: <laughs> but also we have names and even symbolic names like auntie cousin sis oh, etc oh. and apparently naming things is pretty complex like big brained intelligence is needed to remember all the names and the lifelong history of interactions we have with family and friends yeah and i guess that means my brain is smaller than everyone else's because i can't remember names for shit
0: <laughs> I, know, I don't necessarily have a great <laughs> but... memory for names so <laughs> something is going wrong with evolution Oopsie now poopsie. Uh, yeah. But yeah,
1: human babies are more likely to survive than any other species of animals because we have so many people in our lives that care for us and ensure that we survive. So many helpers. So many. And because we have so many connections in our lives, it takes a big brain to remember all of them. And this literally could have contributed to the size of our brains and therefore our capacity for intelligence because like – If you look at chimpanzees in comparison, only one third of chimps survive to adulthood. And that's usually because the mother is the only one who cares for their infant. No other chimps help, including fathers and grandparents. And that's a lot of responsibility. And sometimes, you know,
0: the babies just don't make
1: it. Yeah,
0: I know. And that's kind of why I have this curiosity now of wondering, Mm -hmm. like, how these pre- humans were you know like when homo erectus came around like was there a lot of sharing and taking care of each other because i want to believe that it's true because they are our ancestors and Mm -hmm. we have we are now helpers as you were just saying but there is a lot of you know science that could point to well they weren't quite adapted to what we know in humans today and they used to be similar to chimps. So there's a chance that they were not helping each other and they were fighting over the food, blah blah blah. So I just I wish I I could be fly on the wall.
1: (laughs) Fairly early on we started to help each other because like you were saying with the grandparents, with the grandmothers, the elderly women who knew, you know, where the nuts were, for example, it wasn't just that they survived because they knew where the nuts were. It's that people cared for them now because they were important because women uh, you know females wouldn't be important after they couldn't have children anymore so why keep them and like men wouldn't be important if they you know after they got old and couldn't fight and be and protect but when you realize oh wait hold on they can do other things we need to protect them we need to take care of them yeah i think that it it forms like not only communities, but also yeah, it could literally grow our brains because, right.
0: because of that caring of for the relationships, and yeah. yeah, and it's I do cool think. Idea. That's what's cool. Like, yeah, the meat Mm -hmm. and the helping could have gone (laughs) hand in hand to make us who we are today. And it's like the plants didn't go away. This isn't a big sell on like meat is everything. Obviously, we have learned that that's not the case. It made the plants even better because they were filling in the gaps. Like the meat was giving the calories and, you know, certain nutrients for the brain. Then the plants were coming in and giving us those other vitamins we need if we had a deficiency. So it's like Mm -hmm. everything worked together. We became... The omnivores we were meant to be and now we have the paleo diet.
1: (laughs) I was going to say if you wanted to be a vegetarian today, like there's so many ways to get those other nutrients that you wouldn't need to eat meat. You know, there are supplements you can take and vitamins and specific plants that like that don't have to grow in your climate you know like i can't grow an avocado here but (laughs) (laughs) i can still buy avocados at the store because they are imported
0: what a world because that was not the case so yeah you can be a vegetarian you can be a vegan and it's all fine because everything exists but it's just it's cool to think of that like the diet of the early humans could have been been such a thing
1: made us hey have you ever been a vegetarian have you ever tried it
0: I what's funny is I just skipped vegetarianism altogether and went to being a full on vegan for a short Damn. time because my mom was doing it while I was in high school and she became okay. sweet Jane became Damn, like she was ahead of the curve I didn't she, know any vegans then. I know, especially in like small town Illinois. I was like, okay, Jane, but she's always been a bit of a hippie. But she went all organic and went vegan. She is no longer, I mean, she still eats really healthy, but she tried it for like probably a year. So Uh I wanted to be in solidarity with her and tried it for a little bit. I maybe lasted two weeks and was like, not for me, bro. And I still, to this day, I I really like my meat. I support anyone who doesn't want to eat it. And I understand your reasoning, but I like it a lot.
1: I was a vegetarian almost all through high school. And, and then- recently, weren't you? Um, I you did, sort like, of recent. I mean, it was uh, like 2012, 2013, oh, and 2014. Was, so I was, was vegetarian more- for like two to three years. But I was having a shit ton of digestive issues and nothing was helping. And it almost Great. all went away when I started eating meat again. So I was like, oh, okay, it's not for everyone. I remember
0: and even that in, now.
1: Yeah. in high school, it wasn't like, I'm vegetarian because dot, dot, dot. I just didn't really like meat. I didn't yeah. like it. It was like – it didn't don't. taste good to me. I, I just didn't have a taste for it, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I've, totally been, I've done fair. it a couple times in my life, and um,
0: I sure and do, do you, like meat.
1: I could probably be a pescatarian if I ever decided, That was like, going to
0: be my question, actually. It's so funny meat. that you said that. I was going to say, do you think you could ever just eat fish? Because I do – I, I do think fish. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. I love seafood. I don't know if I could give that up, but I think I could give up red meat and poultry for – Oh, a time. I don't know yeah. if forever. I shouldn't make that bold of a claim, but uh, I just, I love a cheeseburger and I, I, know. I can't be sorry. And I'm sorry, it. but... <laughs>
1: I sometimes I'll order an impossible burger or an impossible sausage simply because I, I like the taste of them. Like they're a mm-hmm. completely different taste. They don't taste like Yeah, it's like a just burgers different and stuff. meal. It's a it's different you. meal. And I'll do that sometimes, especially when we used to live next to Doghouse. They had an impossible um hot dog that was like kind of oh. incredible. But what pisses me off <laughs> is when people are like, Have a portobello and I'm like, Okay,
0: oh boy absolutely
1: yeah. that is not the same thing and
0: if you say I, I
1: feel like ron it. swanson if someone <laughs> offers me a portobello instead of like a burger patty i'm like how fucking dare you
0: i will never do you know what I'm... that tastes
1: like a mushroom if i wanted it's, a mushroom it's
0: a mushroom i'd eat mushrooms if i asked for a mushroom burger then i would accept this gift from you but <laughs> i wanted a burger I yeah. did not I feel like the impossible meat, you are so, so correct. I mean, at least to me, I totally agree with you. I think, like, doing the impossible meat is fun and tasty. No, it doesn't taste like a real burger, but it still tastes delicious. But a portobello, like, that's not what I'm looking for Mm -hmm. unless I specifically am just having a mushroom afternoon. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Even, like, veggie burgers. I used to get, like, frozen veggie patties. Initially, because I was vegetarian, but even after <laughs> I stopped, I would sometimes get them because it's a good tasting thing. It does not yeah. taste like meat. It is not a good substitute if you're someone who right. likes meat. But
0: totally, it it's was a good just taste. Fun.
1: Anyways, yeah. evolution. Yep, Speaking, we could go on and on. <laughs> continuing to evolve.
0: Ghost stories are always scarier when they're told by the very people who experienced them. Hi. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And we're the hosts of the Homespun Haints podcast. We talk to people just like
1: you who've come face to face with ghosts, demons, haints, and other strange paranormal phenomena. All of it makes for a chilling good time.
0: So grab yourself a sweet tea, turn off the lights, and listen to some eerie true ghost stories on Homespun Haints wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not scared. Are you?
1: There are actually some things happening right now as we speak that prove humans are still evolving and we can Ooh. almost watch it in real time. For example, okay. do you know what the median artery is?
0: No. I'm okay. scared.
1: No, don't be scared. It's okay. an artery that temporarily runs down the center of our forearms when we're still in the womb that gives some extra blood flow down to our fingies to feed our developing hands. And eventually, around eight weeks, the artery usually regresses, leaving the task to the two other vessels, the radial, which is what we feel for when we take our pulse, and the ulnar arteries. But lately, the median artery is sticking around. It's three times as common in adults today as it was a century ago. What? Which suggests that natural selection is favoring those who hold on to this extra bit of blood supply to the hands. But we don't know why. We have no idea why this is.
0: There's just no reason for it.
1: But... Well, because you'd think that having that juicy extra artery in your arm would help us maybe in the sense like maybe it's due to technology, typing. We're typing so much and typing on our phone. You know, we're using our hands in a different way than we ever, 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 ever had. So mm-hmm. Maybe that's why, but having one of these arteries actually puts you at greater risk of carpal tunnel, which makes you less able to use our hands. So like I said, they aren't sure what this is happening for, but scientists believe that a majority of people will have the median artery in their forearms by the year 2100.
0: Wow. Yeah. Not having it will be weird. Yeah. How do we know if we have it? (laughs) Um, I'm looking at my arms. I'm like, an X-ray.
1: I... I don't know. I don't think you can see it. You can't see it. <laughs> I know. Through the I skin. figured.
0: <laughs> I'm just staring at my arms like a fool, but <laughs> <I thought> maybe <laughs> that's
1: so interesting. This is kind of cool too. Well, actually, we've we've discussed this previously on the show briefly, but wisdom teeth. Wisdom teeth are another oh, yeah. change we're seeing because. Our ancestors diet before the meat actually comprised of mainly raw plants, raw plants and vegetables, which had to be eaten faster than we do today. And they had to ingest a lot of it in a single day to compensate for the lack of nutrient variety. So the extra mm-hmm. set of molars in the back, the wisdom teeth, helped us in this chewing process. But our diets did grow smaller And our need to process food faster was reduced because we aren't all being hunted by large cats all the time. We have meat to supplement. (laughs) So these days, some people don't even develop wisdom teeth at all. And there will probably come a time when developing wisdom teeth will be way weirder than not developing wisdom teeth.
0: Yeah, that is so true. I feel like I know a lot of people who are like, Yeah, I just wisdom they never teeth came didn't in. come in. Yeah, and it's like that's My
1: a wisdom thing. teeth, this is wild and I don't know if this is normal. my wisdom teeth were there, but they never developed any roots. Oh. So when I had them removed it was a little bit later. I think I was like 18 or 19. I had them removed and all they had to do was slice me open and pop them out. They didn't have to pull them or anything because they were like not attached. They were like floating no in deep my gum. No digging.
0: Yeah. Oh. Which did that make your healing time any better? I have no
1: idea. I was still put under and I still had to have the dissolved stitches and I still was okay. swollen and sick. So right. like as okay. far as I can tell, my <laughs> surgery was not any easier than anyone yeah, else's. St- but- <laughs> it still sounds rough. Yeah, I didn't have to like have, you know, they yeah. they weren't cranking them out of my deep. head.
0: Yeah, I still have to get mine removed, and it's like it only gets worse as you get older. And I've been mm. putting it off because I'm just scared of the dentist in general. Like, well, the I good news about wisdom teeth it. is
1: they put you to sleep;
0: you won't know. I know you won't it's even just know what's the happening. dentist in general, I but know. yes, I'm I am getting them out actually next month. No way! Wait, oh no, September? I'm going to. October. I'm going to my consultation next month. I was okay. like, I made an appointment for something and then we'll probably schedule it for October. So that's unfortunate that our favorite month of the year, I'm going to have a nice pack on my well, you could always be
1: like, can we do the first week of November?
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Possibly. Can we just let spooky month go by first? Yeah, I
1: was going to say, you're going to have to take a week or two off of the pod because oh, I you'll know. sound we'll be very talks. silly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, I was like, or we'll just record ahead of time before. Yeah, have and them. then I'll I'll make sure to post videos to our Patreon or something of me just really drugged up with swollen cheekies. Oh, like, gosh, that would be fun. Just fine. a treat.
1: People who can move their ears are slowly disappearing.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Like alfalfa?
1: Yeah, the ear muscle that allows some people to wiggle their ears is left over from when we were more primate than human because we were able to swivel oh. our external ears like cats and dogs you know how you like talk to a cat and yeah. you see their ear They're turn like, towards ow. you yeah <laughs> yep. to help focus our hearing in certain directions and we don't need that anymore so some people i can't wiggle my ears I don't. oh
0: me either not even close can you flare your nostrils
1: yeah, I can flare my nostrils. I can roll my tongue. I can. Okay. I can curl things. my lip, but only on one side. Only on my left side. My right same. side, my lip doesn't curl up.
0: I can only do it on my left too. It's yeah. When I try and do it on my right, it's hilarious.
1: Maybe we'll yeah, do same. a video of us showing the <laughs> difference between our left side and our right like, side.
0: It's yeah. yeah. It's not even close. Once again.
1: Uh the little pink squishy part of our inner eye was once part of a larger third eyelid like cats have. Oh. Oh. It's a it's a membrane. It's a third membrane that we no longer have use for. Um that was actually left over probably from when we were fish, from when before right. we were even apes.
0: Just little fishies in the sea. Mm -hmm.
1: Although there are some anthropologists theorizing that this might be something that starts to redevelop in mammals due to increasing pollution, which is wild. That's terrifying. To think about (laughs) uh, if we don't fix Uh, that whole
0: climate climate change thing.
1: Obviously, we still have tails. Fetuses at one point in their development have a f- almost full tail, and it eventually is absorbed into the body. But even as full-grown adults, we still have a coccyx bone. And uh, this is something we actually still do use. We use it as support structure while sitting. So it's not totally useless, but it definitely used to wag. <laughs> oh,
0: that is so funny to think of. We could wag a tail. And we have a tail bone. So Yeah, that's our coccyx.
1: We also still have our plantaris muscle in our feet, which is why some people, myself included, can pick things up with our feet, but we don't really need them. Doctors (laughs) usually take tissue from this muscle for reconstructive surgery and other parts of the body because it's so useless in our feet. But we used to use this muscle to hang onto a branch while we ate a banana. And actually, my coworker DJ just ruptured his plantaris, and boy was oh he annoyed gosh. to hear from me that it's functionally useless because Stop he's in a it. ton of pain. <laughs> um, no, anyway, that's hi, such DJ. a bummer. Sorry about your plantaris.
0: <laughs> that's a huge bummer. <laughs> oh yeah, when especially yeah, when it's useless, you're just like, really? Um, then why am I in misery?
1: I mean, it's the same with like getting, you know, an infection in your appendix where it's like right. God damn it. Oh, we'll just take it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you can just take it out cuz it's literally not doing anything. So uh, I know. I'm Although variating. there's some theories that it still uh helps in like processing certain nutrients. So I, mean, I don't sure I don't think it's, it's, it's doing absolutely a little something. Useless. <laughs> totally. As for where we are heading, obviously we can only make assumptions, but we turn to much smarter people than us for those assumptions. Mm -hmm. Some scientists have actually argued that the rise of civilization has ended natural selection for humans. And that's true in some sense. The selective pressures that sort of dominated us in the past, predators, plagues, famines, even infections... They've mostly disappeared or they have treatments, mm-hmm. but it yeah. doesn't stop evolution because it just makes it so other things drive evolution. So instead of survival of the fittest, it's probably more like reproduction of the fittest because as we've uh. learned while doing the show, it's actually not about the first sperm to reach the egg. It's about which sperm the egg allows to enter.
0: Who does the egg choose? And the That's egg,
1: without our knowledge, is choosing the sperm that it wants to to uh, fertilize the egg. And this process has already started in a sense. As we mentioned earlier, our diets change to include grains and dairy, and therefore we evolve genes to help us digest starch and milk. And living in dense cities created conditions for diseases to spread rapidly, so mutations in our genes for disease resistance has spread as well. So if we study prehistory, we can look at past trends and predict future trends. And Mm -hmm. one thing that will most likely happen is our lifespan will increase.
0: Do we need to live longer?
1: (sighs) Do we need this? Well, because obviously we have better nutrition, we have better medicine, we have better hygiene, so that's reduced mortality in developed nations. Mm -hmm. But because mortality rates have decreased, our species is having children later and later in life, reaching a more sexual maturity, as opposed to reproducing right at the time of fertility, which causes then more babies to live, which decreases mortality even more. And a Mm -hmm. decreased mortality rate extends life expectancy which has already doubled in the last few centuries so living right. past 100 is something we're going to be seeing more and more and more and more of
0: that's what it sounds like and it's just it's crazy because all of the predictions are like oh yeah you're gonna see in 100 years people are gonna be like 130 140 yeah. and this yeah is like, 100 it's... is
1: gonna be more like 80 is today totally
0: and it all i mean that's already happening i feel like now mm-hmm. when we're talking about like who's the oldest person on earth or like you oh so and so passed away it was like they were 100 fifteen. It's like that's a yeah. number I never thought we would hear. like that just sounded fake as a child. so it's it's nuts how quickly it's happening.
1: Scientists also theorize that humans will start getting taller. And this oh. is partially due to the longer lifespan because growth takes time. So longer lives means more time to grow. It could be that we start seeing puberty, not necessarily puberty taking place later. It will probably take place around the same time. But like growing.
0: Growing won't stop as soon yeah, as it Yeah,
1: maybe does it won't stop as soon as it does now.
0: That would be crazy to be still growing in your, like, late 20s. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm getting taller. I feel the growing pains in my legs. That just feels so wrong.
1: But also sexual preference. If women actually do prefer taller males, that will be a trend in breeding resulting in taller people. mm Oh, it all makes sense. It all comes together. It all comes together. Um, Our jaws will likely shrink, as will our muscles, as they just aren't needed to survive as much anymore. And luckily, this is good news, we will also likely become less aggressive, oh, which is please. nice.
0: wish that was already happening for us in our lifetime. Yeah.
1: Hunter-gatherers' lives. I mean, they had to be aggressive,
0: like, totally. they were
1: hunting, they were also killing yes. each other over supplies yeah, they, and sexual they partners to fight for
0: their food. And yeah, to reproduce, like, I get it, you had to, you know, be a little fierce. So I understand why it's still yeah. a little bit a part of us. But boy, oh, boy, I hope it hope it chills out.
1: Even just things like warring with neighboring tribes. like mm-hmm. But today, we get our meat and produce from the store. We usually call the cops or a lawyer when there's a dispute.
0: <laughs> and Don't have to duke it out. We
1: don't have to fight it out. And wars actually uh, account for fewer deaths relative to our population than any time in human history. Wow. So aggression could absolutely be bred out. But this also... Means that our personalities might also become more conformed to others because we're not living in small tribes. Our tribes have turned into thousands, even millions, if you live in a large enough city. And physically as well, there may be fewer differences because we live in a time where we can screen ourselves and our embryos for genetic diseases. We can choose the sex of our babies, the eye color, the embryo with the strongest genes, etc. And, like, it's not a shocking thing to say, but the future is going to look way more different than we think if, you know, Uh, as a species we
0: survive to see it. Right. If we make it. But. Yeah, that is wild. Like that you can just you will probably be able to just walk in and say, "Okay, I want this mixed with this," and you're going to make me this pretty little girl. Like mm-hmm. I just I feel like oh, it's going to look so so different. That's something
1: I really want to know from the from the pro-life uh crowd, I almost said clan, which might be more appropriate, but from the pro-life <laughs> crowd like how cool. how they feel. <laughs> about things like in vitro and right. because if you if you understand the process what happens is is they take x amount of eggs and they fertilize them and then they mm-hmm. they you're left with like say four or five embryos yeah essentially that are that are Viable, they're they're right. alive. If if that is what you believe, and and you choose which one you want to be um, inserted, sometimes people choose more than one for a better chance of of the baby living, and then the rest are just discarded. destroyed. are yeah. they're, they're dead. So right, that's something that I've always been like. So why Why is Same. that different? Then <laughs> I
0: don't. Yeah, I'm like I don't understand. I feel like we talked about that on an episode because I talked about like the issues with you know, uh, in vitro. I forget what episode that was. If Maybe it was yeah, a Helter Skelter. Because I'm like, I don't know why that was thrown in. But I definitely was talking about kind of like the scandals and the under the radar mm-hmm. shady things that happen at, you know, places that do IVF and family planning. And it was like, I I just want to sit someone down and be like, okay, so how is this fine? But then looking over here at this girl, you don't accept this. Tell me how they're that different. Because it I'm it sure that
1: me. there are you know, extremists who who don't believe in IVF oh, and totally. intro. If it because... can't happen
0: naturally, then mm-hmm.
1: it wasn't meant to be. You know, they're playing God or whatever. Of course.
0: So yep. it it's always a, a spectrum.
1: And then I wanna know how do you feel about Viagra? Mm-hmm.
0: All the questions, really. So many questions. So are you an extremist? You. Write in and tell us. Are you an? Ex- <laughs> are you
1: a religious extremist? Write us. Uh. Keep it weird at gmail dot <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> um. Well, that's kind of a short episode, but. It's because last week was so long. That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for joining us as usual. And if you're a consistent listener of our show, please, please consider donating to our Patreon so we can keep making said show <laughs> and again you can uh, do so by heading to www.patreon.com slash it podcast and signing up to donate as little as a dollar a month to support us and in return you'll get shout outs on the show discounts on merch two bonus episodes every month And a newsletter sent right to your inbox on the last day of the month, full of horror and sci-fi movie and TV announcements, true crime tales, strange news stories, and of course, several real life scary stories, just like the ones we tell on our Listener Ghost Stories episodes.
0: They'll make you pee your pants.
1: They will make you at least shiver.
0: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm.
1: We also occasionally share spells and guest articles. So if you're ever interested in contributing to the newsletter, you just send us an email at keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com with the subject line newsletter. Make it in all caps so we can't miss it. (laughs) If you can't donate $1, $5, or $10 a month to our show, you can always simply follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast, Buy one of our shirts to wear around town at KeepItWeirdPodcast.com slash merch. Tell all your friends about our show. Rate our show five stars on iTunes and promote us online whenever you can. There are a ton of free options there that will help us tremendously.
0: Thank you.
1: Thanks, and our sign-off today is...
0: I order a beef and cheddar if you want to evolve Arby's. into a person. <laughs> <laughs> Arby's. We have the meats. We have the meats! Oh, no.
1: I'm sure Thank you so other. much, Arby's, for supporting us and... <laughs> and Promoting this episode, we really appreciate you and all that you do, especially (laughs) your roast beef sandwiches and your Arby's barbecue sauce.
0: Barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce, and keep keep it it weird. weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Arby's,
1: we have meet